Welcome to episode 32 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Well, it's been a while since we got um, any reviews on, on iTunes, so if, uh, if you're out there listening, hopefully we have more than two people listening because that's how many reviews we have. <laughs> um, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us on iTunes or just catching us, please uh, let us know what you think. Same thing still holds. Uh, if you do a review, we'll give you a shout out on the uh, on the podcast uh, the very week that uh, that you do it. So absolutely, absolutely, leave reviews, leave comments. Um, you can find us a number of ways um, at Chew on This Pod on Twitter, at Chew on This Pod on Instagram, uh, Chew on This Podcast at Gmail dot com, and we're on Facebook. Uh, we're everywhere. So. But uh, mainly on iTunes. Get on iTunes, give us a rating, and give us a comment. We'll give you a shout-out. Yep. So we did, We just uh, – the way that we're recording this or doing this, the, the thing – the two big – the one big thing that happened this week is is uh, the season finale, season six of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. What was your I, initial I reaction of that? Well, <clears throat> I think it differed from yours. Um, probably a lot of people out there that watch Game of Thrones are probably going to hate me right now. But I just – I felt like – um, there were some really cool moments in it, but for me, it felt like it was really rushed. Like I, if they had another maybe 20 minutes or so, I think they could have, um, I think I would have a little been a little more satisfied, but it was good. I mean, it was really good compared to some of their other season finales and, uh, definitely looking forward to season seven. Cause this season, I think overall was really good. Um, really yeah, it didn't start it. off. It didn't start off the best for for both of us, mainly because um, we had known kind of the fan theories that have been going on for for a while now, way before the show even started. And um, so, when the first couple of episodes happened, they weren't really doing anything. I almost felt like they they kind of had to get back into everybody's storyline because there were so many storylines going on, and mm-hmm. it took like what two or three episodes to do that. I think. John came back in the fourth episode. Um, so that was kind of, was it the fourth episode or second episode? It was, it was either third or fourth. I can't remember now, but you just hit something there because like John, they pretty much follow all along, but like Bran and Hodor, like you don't see them like they, they weren't in season five at all. And so, you see him in season six and he's like all grown up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it's like uh, I'm getting married next week. It's like, no, like you're, you were little like a year ago. It's crazy. Um, right. but there was just so many storylines that I, I don't, I mean, 10 episodes just didn't feel like it was enough uh, no, to tell does. all of it. I mean, the books are like what? 3000 pages, 5,000 pages. Yeah, There's something like that. They're just enormous. Um, Probably why the other one's taking so long to to finish, you know, because we're in weird territory right now where the story surpassed, you know, the books. And so they're probably asking him all sorts of questions like, where where are these guys going to end up? Like what you need to tell us? And then they're just writing dialogue. I I think they know. I think most recently they said they have two seasons left. Um, Yes. So that's their end game. They're in two full seasons. So my opinion on the on the finale was a little bit probably different than yours. I mean, I I really liked it. Um, I can see the the rushed aspect, but what I loved about the season finale was that unlike other season finales, they closed a lot of storylines um, and opened up a brand new one for next season. 
So mm-hmm. like there was a lot of badass moments in this episode. I mean, the episode beforehand was really badass too with the, the battle of the bastards was freaking awesome. Yes. God, what an amazing episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, this one, this one was really good because of how they closed the loopholes and a lot of other, other stories like the whole, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was getting tired of, of areas storyline um, because it, it, for the most two seasons, like she, or this season anyway, she was just getting the shit beat out of her every episode and her storyline kind of tanked a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, she pulls off, like she finally gets revenge for uh, the uh, red wedding. Yeah. Um, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that was fucking bad. Yeah. She moment. killed Frey. Frey, I think yeah. is his last. Yeah. Yep. That, and I think that was the, that was the one moment in the, in the show where I, I jumped out of my seat and I said, kill that motherfucker. Like I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, cause battle of the bastards, you know, when, um, Ramsey died, I, I thought that was a fitting end. I, I think I kind of would have liked something a little more gruesome, but I guess how could you get more gruesome than dogs, your own dogs eating your face. But well, have you noticed that, that this season, because it's the first season that deviates from the books because it doesn't. Well, it really deviates from the books more like unlike any other season. But this is the the first season where nobody knows what's going on. Like, there's no book for right. season six. That's the book he's actually working on now. But did you notice in this season that there's like less nudity, less gratuitous nudity, and like less vi- like gratuitous uh, violence too? Like, there wasn't like grotesque violence in this episode. In this yeah, season? it felt that that was one of the things that stylistically or, or however you want to call that. It felt different from the other seasons. And then, but this last episode felt more like Game of Thrones to me. Um, and the Battle of the Bastards felt more like that too. But some of the episodes I was like, this just has a weird feeling to it. Like, I don't know, just the way they were storytelling. I, uh, you could almost tell that, that they're like, oh crap, you know, we don't, we don't have the normal like handbook, the Bible to like go by. Well, isn't it. he like 75% done with the book? Um, Something the book like that. Right. So it, I guess if it was parallel, you could you could say that like the the first half of this season wasn't as strong because they were still trying to get into or try to still use what Martin has already written. I don't know if that's true or not. But then maybe. towards the latter half of you know from maybe episode five on, like every single one was really strong, and so was the season finale. Um, and then finally, uh, they you know really they they confirm basically the fan theory that's been going on for years. Um, yeah, R plus, uh, R plus J equals S, right? R plus L equals S? Yes, R plus L equals S. Yeah, R plus L equals J. R plus L equals J, right. Uh, yeah, John Snow. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they finally, you know, Bran finally, you know, went back and followed his dad up up the steps and saw the baby born. And then and I really liked that edit job where they faded out and it was like John's face. And you're like, ah. Okay, like, but, but they it didn't, still doesn't that still doesn't confirm whether or not he is the prince promised, right? That doesn't, right. So you don't still don't know that because it still could be. It's still you don't know if it's uh, Daenerys or John. Right. Well, they could be cousins, right? Yeah, they but could be, they could be thought, like related somehow. Yeah, but what the cool thing was about this episode was that it it set up a potential showdown between the two because it seemed like. For the first time, Daenerys like showed something different, where she wasn't only just trying to get back the Seven Kingdoms under Targaryen rule and free slaves. She was just hell bent on being queen, um, 
and that was kind of shown in that exchange with her lover. I can't remember his name and the exchange with uh, Tyrion at the end of her storyline for this episode. Oh, totally. Yeah. It, um, it was kind of reminiscent of, uh, cause they showed like, um, uh, one episode where they showed the mad King being killed by Jamie Lannister. Yes, you're right. Right. And, right. And I think that, I think, well, that, that's, that's something we'll get into too. But I, for this one, I, I immediately thought when she was saying, you know, alluding to the fact that she really just wants to be queen and, and everything that she's doing is going to make sure that she's queen. And then all of a sudden, if she fi- like if she finds out halfway through that this guy exists, that he's actually the rightful heir to the throne, not her. And I feel like if she goes to Westeros and finds out that that happens, that she'll fight John. And John doesn't have an army like that, and doesn't have the three dragons. So no, get his ass kicked. But you know, right now the villain right now is Cersei. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that I was mean, the other thing when you brought up Jamie. I was like thinking, I was thinking that when he walks in, he's kind of like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he's kind of surprised about what's going on, and she's sitting yeah. on the throne, and they have that, like, kind of like dramatic stare at each other. And he, oh. and what's crazy is, like, if you remember back to, and they've been setting this up for four episodes now with the flashbacks about uh, what Jamie did to kill the Mad King, and Cersei did what the mad king did or was trying to prevent the mad king from doing was use that shit to like burn like innocent people or yes. whatever. and she fucking you know did what he stopped the mad king in doing and now all of a sudden the person that he's in love with did the thing that he tried to stop and i'm like thinking is jamie gonna fucking kill her because know, she's man. lost I think, it maybe I, I don't think she'll ever I don't think he'll ever kill her because he's he loves her. I mean, it's gross, but like he's in love with this sister. I don't think I think he will do her bidding or whatever, whatever it takes. But I know, but I, I got a feeling that look that he had. There was something about that look, like holy fuck, she's crazy. Because like I might have to take my sister out, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because now, like the prophecy. Remember, like I think it was the season where it was early on where she went to see like a fortune teller or something and said that she would have three kids and none of them would live and she would die on a throne. And I forget how it was worded or I don't think it was die on the throne, but it, I forget how it was worded, but she was supposed to be killed by somebody. And the way that it was worded, the fortune teller kind of alluded to that. It might be Jamie is the one that might kill her now oh, that shit, everything has transpired. So, well, I, I mean, so, I mean, the, just so the villain, that. Yeah, so the villain right now, Cersei, definitely Cersei, and then you have like, uh, you know, the the White Walkers eventually are going to play into this, and then you have John and Daenerys on on the, you know, yeah. on the good. I I consider them on the good side. I don't know. Um, well, what's funny? But, so it took them. What what is it? Season? It was season six, right? So it took. Yeah. So it took six seasons to get from fall to finally winter because. Uh, I forget who it was in the show that said winter is finally winter here. Is, winter is finally here. Because winter not has just, been coming for five fucking seasons. Not just that, but, like, I noticed <laughs> that one dude, that bald dude, kept, like, uh, uh, traveling so quickly from place to place. Like, he's... Yeah. And then, and then I read a Facebook post about it, and it, it made me giggle, because I'm like, oh, my God, like, I was thinking that same thing. And then they were trying to explain, you know, the the... Yeah, it's really subtle because of the ships have different flags on it, and that's how he got back so fast. Right, It kind of right. jumps around. Like, there's no, like, lineage to, like, everybody's storyline is different. So, yeah. 
so there's no set time frame like when when John you know wins at uh, Winterfell. It's not the same thing as when it's not the same time frame as when Daenerys uses the dragons. Finally, right, right. It's War. really jagged. You have to yeah. really pay close attention. Yeah, and it's really but, not uh, that uh, big of a deal. I mean, I'm sure like when they converge, it'll 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 be what it is, but. It doesn't really matter right now. I mean, yeah, that was a minor nitpick, but if you go back and look at the episode, you'll see the different flags on the ships. Right. And, I mean, that's always a so constant issue for different me. Different timelines. Like, yeah, there's a different. I mean, that's an ongoing issue for me. Is the same with uh, the names of everybody. If they're not the main character, I don't know their names. Yeah, I can't remember them either. But yeah, it seems like you know some characters take forever to get from point A to point B, and then other characters are just flying through everywhere, like. They're here, they're there, they're all over the place, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, I, I did like the fact that they tied up some storylines. You know, Arya is, you know, total badass. I just, I love, that was my favorite part of the whole episode where she pulls the mask off. Actually, she says when he asks where the, her his sons are, and then she's <laughs> pretty much, they're in the food. You're like, oh, shit. And yeah. then, you know. I thought a, that was I thought a so South awesome. Park. I thought of South Park when that happened. Um, there's a there's a <laughs> there's an episode where Cartman gets revenge on Scott Tennerman, the fourth grader, where mm-hmm. he he gets Scott Tennerman's parents killed, and he fucking grinds them up in a chili, and feeds them to Scott Tennerman. The his so basically the the kid is eating his parents, and Cartman like awful. <laughs> Cartman yeah yeah and Cartman's. Cartman's like, oh, let me taste your tears. And he walks up to Scott Tennerman and starts licking his tears. <laughs> That's what the, what the hell's the matter with that show? Oh, oh my God. Awesome. It's so good. But I mean, when he, when she did it in the, in Game of Thrones, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking awesome. Uh, but I was, but I was thinking, I was like, oh, South Park did it first. Like, <laughs> South oh my Park gosh, beat him to it. That's so funny, man. I have to check that out. I, I'm so far behind. That's on one of South my Park, favorite but... episodes. It's one of my favorite episodes of South Park. Mine was the uh, the Warcraft one for the longest time. That was really funny. <laughs> I love the part in that one when is that the one where Cartman tells his mom he's gonna shit and like he just like doesn't get up and he just shits all over her like he, <laughs> she's she's got like a, a bedpan right and he just yeah. comes over and just shits all over her. <laughs> Some people don't leave that game. They've actually been been like people dying playing that game because they yeah, play it for ridiculous. hours and hours, not sleeping, not eating, not drinking. Yeah, it's bad for the system. So but, overall, uh, you know, so overall, six season six uh, ended really on a high note. I, again, the last five episodes really well started kind of slow for us, um, but I, I think it was a pretty satisfying season uh, six finale, and even more satisfying. And even more shocking if you don't do what we do, like as nerds and go online and try to read rumors or try to read, you know, fan theories and stuff like that. Because could you imagine your reaction to that episode if you did not know the fan theory? Yeah, absolutely. You'd just be like blown away. Yeah, exactly. So, but okay, let's move on to what you did tonight, which is watch... The, the BFG, which for uh, the Steven Spielberg movie that was just released. And yes. I cannot get past. I always want to say the big fucking giant. And I know that's <laughs> big not, fucking gun. Yeah. yeah. Or the, no, well, for me, it's the big fucking giant. Um, and like, cause I, I keep watching the trailers and 
It's it's the big fucking giant. I know it's not <laughs> the big fucking giant. What is it actually? It's it's big friendly giant. Oh, okay. I like the big fuck, I like the big fucking giant better. Which is alluded to like in the toward the middle or spoilers for the movie, by the way. But uh, so toward it, the middle, yeah. Of the movie, so this maybe. was uh, this was number nine on your most anticipated. It wasn't yes. even on my list because I didn't even know what the fuck it was. You read the book. Um, it's not certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's right. It's teetering on it's that. Pretty it's close. At, yeah, yeah. seventy three percent, I believe, or actually, it's at seventy one percent now. So it's, okay, uh, so it went down a little bit since yeah, it's, this morning. It's dropping. Okay, wait, I just refreshed it. It's at seventy two percent. So it, now it's um, at seventy two percent. Yeah, Roald Dahl, I mean, all of you guys out there know who Roald Dahl is because he wrote some really prolific, you know, children's books like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Matilda, James the Giant Peach. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And BFG was one of the books that uh, my fourth grade teacher read to us that we just, I mean, I absolutely loved and it's, it's stuck in my brain for all this time. And so when they announced a couple of years ago that Spielberg would be, this would be his next movie. I was really, really super excited, leery, but super excited. And I have to say, you know, overall, I thought it was a really like, I don't know, I'm going to use the word cute. It was a really cute movie. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't awful by any stretch of the means. And it wasn't like the greatest thing ever. But it was like I mean I think seventy something percent is right right on the money for it. It's um it's it's going to be like a, one of those classic films like Elf and stuff like that. I I believe also it'll it'll stand the test of time because it was a really good adaptation of the book. Um, so <clears throat> just some technical things about it. Um, well, not technical, but like uh, things about the movie before I get into the actual plot and all that stuff, but. Um, this was written uh, by uh, Melissa Matheson, who, if you guys don't know who that is, she wrote a little movie, just a tiny movie called E.T., you know, years ago. And she worked with Spielberg on that. And I think since then, she really hasn't really done much. And then she helped him adapt the BFG to a screenplay. And then she passed away last year, which is a bummer. Um, and I believe even, I think she was even mar- married to Harrison Ford for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, well, she's done. She's done a couple of things. Um, she mainly is a writer. She's only been a producer once, but um, like you said, she did ET. She did Twilight Zone, the movie, which is a nice. I I like that movie. Um, she did Always, and oh, she did yeah. the, the Indian in the Cupboard, which it, it, it's okay. The adaptation is okay for me. It kind of lost a little bit. I I remember that book and really loving that book as a kid. And I thought it wasn't as great in, in movie form. I don't know. I just didn't like it for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's rated 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, but um, so, but she doesn't do a lot. Like, no. She goes, she goes years without, she goes a few years without writing anything. But, yeah, obviously E.T. is the, the big, the big thing on her, on her list. Yeah, I mean, way to like, it's almost like an Orson Welles thing, just like one huge thing in the beginning and then nothing for a long time. Um, but, I mean, I guess if you're going to peak or if you're going to write a movie, it's going to be E.T. <laughs> I mean, shit, you know. I mean, yeah, if that's, that's all I, if, if, if I ever did something even remotely close to E.T., I probably would never want to do anything again. <laughs> right, you're like, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of here. It. Shot my load, I'm done. 
I got nothing left. Right. <laughs> I'm George Costanza. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Spielberg directed it. You know, again, he's 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 in top form, man. I mean, the guy is like just visually, I mean, it's got a lot of playfulness and it's right up his alley. Um, the the dialogue is, is super good and done real well. Like they hired uh, the right actors to play these roles. I think Mark uh, Rylance is BFG, Ruby Barnhill, which is, I think, a newcomer. She plays Ruby. And I thought at first, like I thought it was a boy. But it is a little girl, and she's, like, really spunky and super smart and um, brave. They call her brave in the movie because she's not, like, afraid and stuff like that. Um, one of the giants is played by the guy from Flight of the Concords. Um, I can't remember what. It's probably the main giant. can't remember all the names. There's the really weird names, you know, like Flesh Eater and, you know, Bone Crusher and stuff like that. All the All the... Uh, giants have all these funky names. Um, and then Bill Hader, I think, is one of the giants and whatnot. So they have, all funky, they have all funky names and he's just called BFG? Well, I think he actually has a name, but she calls him that. She calls him BFG. And then, like, she says, you know, what it means because he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, big, friendly giant. He's like, okay, you can call me that. But later on in the movie, she stumbles upon like a room and she goes in there and, and it's like a um, there's all this stuff around the room. And you find out that he at one point, a boy had seen him wandering around the city before. So he had to like snatch him and take him back to giant country because he can't be seen and he can't have a kid telling everybody about giants. So he would just kid. He just kidnapped him. And I guess he met a really bad end. You know, probably the giants found him and ate him, I think is what they alluded to. So the movie begins um, the same way, like the BFG is wandering through the, the city and she stumbles upon him and and he s- snatches her up because, hey, you can't you can't see giants. So you need right to then and there, come, come with me. You've lost me <laughs> because like it's a big fucking giant in the city of what, London. And one yeah. girl is the only one that is awake like that sees her or sees him. Well, it, uh, so it's an orphanage, and she she explains like through dial through narration that she has insomnia and that she stays up real late, and that the the stories go that if you're up and wandering around late at night, you might you know something bad could happen to you, kind of thing. Do you and know so how many times like, I would have seen a big fucking giant in college if that was the case? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think you had insomnia. I think you were just plastered. It doesn't matter. I was still up. <laughs> you were on you were on the floor and anyone standing above you looked like a giant. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Probably would have thought um, I was tripping and was an imagining shit. But because you know this was written a long time ago, it, it's you can kind of forgive the, the the notion of like kidnapping kids, you know, taking them somewhere, <laughs> taking them to your house, because like, I don't think that would really fly right now. But like, she pretty much is upset at first that he takes her, and then he's like, "Well, what do you like about the orphanage? What do you like back home?" She's like, "I hate it actually," and he's like, "Okay, then shut up," you know. So she lives there for a while and like talks to him and gets to know him and all that stuff. And he's like a, what he does is like, he's a dream collector. He collects, he goes up way high up in this mountain and he collects these dreams. They're, they look like fireflies, different colors. And he puts them in jars and then he goes back down to his house and he puts them on shelves and whatnot. And then at certain points of the night, like kind of like creepy Santa Claus, you know, 
all the, you know, leaving gifts, he leaves dreams. So like he has this trumpet and he hooks the dream up to it and he blows it through the window and then it goes inside the, the kid or whoever's mouth, parents, whatever, in their mouth. And then they start dreaming and he tries to give him good dreams. Now there are bad dreams as well. And that kind of comes into play a little bit later. Um, I don't want to spoil the entire movie. I mean, this is something you could. Well, I wasn't. You know, you could watch with your kid. List, so go ahead. So he, but, he I mean, takes he takes these fireflies and blows them in kids' mouths. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does. He does. He and, sounds like and an they dream. It, <laughs> um, but where it gets really kind of weird is that. Um, the the giants they they oh, can that's sniff. The, wait, he just said when I, it gets really weird. He it, just told yeah, me a big yeah. fucking giant blows blows fireflies of dreams in kids' mouths, and then it's gonna get weird. <laughs> that's right, it gets weirder. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, uh, the the big giants they discover that you know the human being there's a human being around, and because they could sniff it out. And so he, they finally, I don't know, there's like this huge set piece where they're, they're trying to find her and she's, you know, this, the animation, I have to say, like at first, I didn't really like the way the giants looked. And then I just kind of got over it halfway through the movie. I'm like, whatever. And then it just kind of worked um, because they're not supposed to be like these real things. They're just, they're like a, like a, I don't know, like a myth or something come to life. So they wouldn't look like. You know, like a if they were like a real giant kind of thing, they look a little different. And so I just kind of bought it and said, whatever. But the CG and everything was so good that you kind of forgave it after a while. You're like, oh, wow, this like you really believe this thing is carrying her around and talking to her and shit like that because she's reacting fantastically to it. You know, um, probably again, they probably use motion capture like how Robert Zemeckis uses for all his movies uh, like Beowulf and, um, you know, what is it? The. Jim Carrey one, the uh, Ebenezer Scrooge one, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And so um, anyway, um, but yeah, the weird thing is, is that she tells him, look, we need the help of humans. So she tells him to take her to the queen and she, you know, and they concoct this like weird dream and they put it in her mouth and all that. And she wakes up like freaking out. She's like, Oh my God, there's giants and they kidnap people, kids, and they kill them and all that stuff. And they're like, what the hell, what's your problem? And she went, you know, and she's like, no, no, I just dreamt this is weird. And then they look in the door in the window and there's the girl and, and she's like, you were in my dream. And they start this dialogue and she's like, look, giants are real. And, but I have a friendly giant that's going to help us. And we need your help to get rid of these other giants because they're just causing havoc. They're not doing anything like he serves a purpose, giving dreams and all that stuff. So they concoct this plan. You know, they they run back to giant country and the people from London follow them back, you know, on helicopters and whatever. And they scoop up all the giants and they take them to this island in the middle of the ocean and they drop them off there and then drop off a bunch of seeds so they can plant, you know, make uh, grow food and shit like that. So it's kind of really bizarre. But um, but that, is that what happened pro- in the book? Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much everything that happens in the movie is pretty spot on. I mean, even down to the dialogue, because the giants speak in a really weird way. Like they they don't quite know English. So they make up all these weird names for things. Um, so that was kind of funny. And the acting, the voice acting, especially from the friend, the BFG, is is really spot. Like it's really, really good. It's really strong. Well, like you, that's the you, guy from. I think didn't he win the Oscar for best supporting actor? 
uh, Mark Rylance, I think so. This last time, Bridge of Spies, right? Didn't didn't he? Yes, win Bridge of Spies. I think so. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone did not win. I can't remember. Um, oh man, just gonna have to look it up, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I think he did win. Yeah, yeah he, he won for Bridge of Spies. Yeah, which I thought and, that was a. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is him but. because it is him because the 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 giant. I mean, they they motion captured his face, obviously, so the giant looks just like him, but you know, slight differences, obviously. Um, so, you know, I would kind of put this movie like in the Jumanji range, you know, like I really like Jumanji, but it's not like the greatest movie in the world. I would put it right around there, maybe under Jumanji, that type of thing. Um, and it is a kind of a, I think, I feel it's going to be a classic movie that'll play for years and years and years to come. Kids will want to watch it and stuff like that. Cause it, it really is like the, at the core of it, it's a really sweet story and um and the little girl you know at the end spoilers um gets uh, adopted and she actually lives i think in the queen's palace or whatever cuz she gets adopted by her assistants or something like that um and uh, so she then has a place and all that stuff and then she whispers out the window you know i know you can hear me bfg or whatever i just wanted to say good morning and then it like flashes over to giant country and you see him perk up and then look out the window and smile. And then like, that's the end of the movie. So like he can, he can hear her, you know, he pretty much can hear everyone around the world. Like he, but, or just in that area actually, because he goes there and dumps dreams off and all that stuff. But they never did explain like if he concocted bad dreams to put in their heads, I don't know where the bad dreams come from or how they get into kids. Where where does he, where does he spit the, the fireflies, if they're bad dreams, does he still put them in his, their mouths? He actually, he captured whenever they find one, there's, there are very few and far in between. So like, there's a lot of regular dreams. Like there's like yellow and blue and green and all that. The red ones obviously are like the bad ones. And like, she finds one and grabs it. She's like, look, I caught one. And he's like, Oh, give that, give that to me. Don't, don't, you know, give that to me very carefully. And he grabs it and he throws it in the jar. And he's like, these, we have a special place for these, like in, in my hut, whatever, like I'm going to, put these away. Um, but yeah, he eventually like pulls one out and uses that to convince the queen that there's a problem. They mix a whole bunch of different dreams together and like whip it up in this mixer thing and shove it in the trumpet. And then he blows it into her window and it, and it goes down her <laughs> mouth. It's so goofy. I know it sounds so goofy explaining it. When you watch it, you're like, just believe you're like, Oh, okay. But like now that I'm explaining it, it just sounds ridiculous. Like he's raping them, <laughs> mouth raping them. <laughs> His big fucking giant spits dreams into kids mouths. That's right. That's right. It's like, it's like, I don't know why I'm, I was, I looked over my, my, it's not my fiance anymore. My wife, I look over and I'm like, why didn't that go in their ears? Why did that go in their mouth? Like, I, I think maybe even sometimes it went up their nose, but I just thought even that's kind of weird. Why does it go just in through their ears? You know? Well, just be so, lucky it went up their mouths and nowhere else. Just like dream cocaine. Yeah. You just go right up their ass, I guess. I mean, that, that that's gets, where the bad dreams go. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my ass hurts. So yeah, you had a bad dream. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know, so the plot was kind of, you know, it, it was basic and you pretty much, I mean, it was, there's nothing uh, about you, this plot that sounds basic. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
here's even something weirder. I, I watched, uh, believe it or not, I've never watched this movie all the way through because I've always just, I don't know, fell asleep or whatever, but I watched Sling Blade this morning and that's what Billy Bob Thornton plays that, you know, the, right. um, the guy who can't, you know, he's just really slow and he killed his mom and all that weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And he has that weird voice. Like he talks like this, it goes, mm-hmm, you know, that kind of thing. And right. so I'm watching, I'm watching BFG and I'm cracking up. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, it's sling blade. Cause he's saying the funkiest things, you know, like, you know, the hog swatler, you know, and all, you know, all this weird like stuff. And I was just cracking up inside. I'm like, Oh my God, it's sling blade. Don't kill moms. Sing, sing blade um, is blowing dreams inside kids' mouths. That's right. <laughs> take take it up your take it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, you know, there you go. There's my BFG review. I think seventy percent, seventy three. I think that's that's pretty spot on. I'd say. Um, and I don't think. I mean, the source material only lends itself so much. Like it's 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 kind of one of those movies where or books that would be really tough to. Um, adapt, but she did it. I mean, and she did the best that she could and, and it's, it is what it is. You know, it's not, again, not the best thing I've ever seen, but it was pretty solid and something we'd watch in the future, you know, with our kids and whatnot. Um, we still have a couple little ones at home. I'm sure they would enjoy that. But the other thing is, is they showed probably more trailers than I had seen in a really long time. I, I counted like seven or eight. Wow, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Anything you didn't see um, before? Um, just about everything except for the Secret Life of Pets. I've seen that ad like a million times, but everything else was new. I I finally got to see the Pete's Dragon trailer. Everyone's been talking about that. Looked really good. It um, looks weird because like the the Pete's Dragon or well the dragon was like hairy and green. Yeah. Again, that's their, their stylistic choice. Just like with the BFG, it just, it doesn't look photo real. You know, it just, it just looks like a CGI giant. Like, like I felt like if they made, if they made the BFG like the giant throughout the entire movie, like everybody was CG that way, I think I would have had a, a better time, you know, believing it or watching it, I think. Um, but the fact that it was live action, um, Again, a, a heavily CGI movie. We talked about this before. It's still, it, it's just not as, um, I don't know. Like, I just can't explain it. Like, same thing with Warcraft. Same thing with some other films that came out recently where I just could not get into it because it just did not look real enough to me. Like, if they if they made all the characters look like that, that would make sense. You know, well, but because I, I some think... characters look real and some characters didn't, it does it messes with my head. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the the lack of all CG in Warcraft was the problem with that movie. Well, obviously, but I mean that again, I I have played Warcraft and I love the animated shit that they have in those games. And every trailer that they put out for those games look phenomenal. I'm like I want to see that movie, not the shit that they put out. Like, again, I'm not a shitting on Warcraft. I mean, I liked Warcraft and I was really hoping I, I'm a geek and nerd. I love everything. I want everything to be perfect. Just like, you know, we always talk about, but that movie was just crap because just, I don't know. I, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't review it. We, we saw it, but didn't review it because we didn't want to give it the time of day. Well, so let's clarify that you mean we go see it. 
Because I didn't want to go see that piece of shit. Yeah, I did. I did. The only reason why you went and saw it is I paid for it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have even. Uh, I think I'm telling snuck you, you should have just, just gave me the twelve dollars, and I would have got a beer instead. <laughs> you got, could have got two beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, would but, have, uh, I would have enjoyed myself a lot more, and it would have made more sense. <laughs> it was painful. We'll never get those two hours back ever again. But I think um, that I because I, I don't have time to like you know I don't have time and the money to waste. On, on shitty movies that are not something that we want to talk about. And, right. You know, the, you know, like a movie like uh, Independence Day was in our, was in my top 10 and it was something that I had to watch. And like, I would have gone and see it even if it wasn't in my top 10 because of nostalgia reasons. But right. But for Warcraft, I mean, there was nothing in that trailer that looked appealing to me whatsoever. And it looked like I knew what the storyline was going to be anyway. Yeah. So, and you know what? So, you know, I will say though that even though I thought I knew what the story was, the things that happened in that movie, it didn't happen out it didn't happen like I thought they would play out, and it's not a good <laughs> and it's not a good it's not a good thing. It's, it's no. Definitely not a good way where they were trying to surprise me where like people were being killed off and I was like, "Okay, didn't see that coming." Like when the king dies, like for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, apparently in the game, or apparently that's part of the story, so it's not a big surprise kind of thing, I guess. Like, oh, really? The kid, yeah, the little baby at the end, you know, everyone was like, oh my God, they're doing that thing. I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. I just thought of Willow immediately. I thought, I thought Willow (laughs) Offgood was going to come out of nowhere and pick that baby up out of the river. That's funny. Little Dakini baby. Yeah. It's all fat and shit. And it's like, I don't want to. I'm fat and bloated and drunk all the time yeah, I don't, i'm fighting anymore i'm done yeah yeah kill that baby just send it down the river just let it go yeah um yeah don't if, if you haven't seen warcraft it's not even worth a download it's just awful no i mean it, it could be a good uh drunk podcast at some point but other than that i, I don't even think mystery, so. I think mystery would, science mystery science like, theater you know that kind I of think thing, i would get but, mad if i had to watch that movie again like I would just, yeah, I, would just be I won't ever watch it again, but I have a feeling they're going to make a sequel because it's just blown up in China. It's, it's doing ridiculous business overseas, well, but yeah, heavy CG and shitty plot. Perfect. For you China. know, just, just make it all Chinese dialogue and just make it over there. Yeah. Just don't put don't it out release over it over here. Don't release it here. Don't subject us to that shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, besides like, catching up on movies, you know, like sling blade and stuff like that, which, you know, again, is like 20 something years old. I don't know why I just, just now watched it, but I just felt compelled because it was on Amazon prime, but something else popped up on Amazon today. Um, the one movie I did not see in the Oscar pool. Cause I always watch the Oscar movies when they get nominated, I start watching them one at a time, but I didn't watch room because I didn't like the subject matter. Not that it's bad subject matter, but I just didn't want to see it because I didn't want my heart broken. I, I, I was scared to watch that movie. Wait, don't but, spoil it for me because I haven't seen that yet, and that's one of the ones I wanted to see. Uh, okay, it's fucking good. Okay. It, it's it, Brie, Brie Larson is fucking awesome. So okay. if they, so now that they've been talking about Captain Marvel and her possibly being in the role, I'm 150% for that. Like as before, I was like, oh, I guess so she kind of looks like her. I've only seen her in a few things before that, you know, and uh, United States of Terra was a really good show that she was on and, and a couple other things that she was in. But she's crazy fucking good in this movie. So, um, yeah, watch it. 
I think you'll dig it. But anyway, shit, that's that's about all I got to say about the BFG. Pretty much spoil the whole goddamn thing. But it's <laughs> it's it's a good, you know it's a it's a good movie. So what's your um, what's your so let's go through the rating for you. What's your uh, what's your chainsaw rating? I will give it. Uh, we're doing this out of five, right? Yep. I will give it uh, three and a half chainsaws out of five. Yeah, okay. And w- what's the diversity here? Does it have a plethora of diversity? No, I'd say Casper all the way. There wasn't Casper a single. Yeah, yeah, it was all white people um, across the board. Um, well, I mean, mostly it focused on the girl, and she was white. And then the giants. I don't know if you categorize that as diverse, but. Um, there wasn't Chinese or, you know, African-American giants. So, um, (laughs) so yeah, I'd say, I'd say Casper, but I think because it lends itself to, I mean, what the story is that it, it's doesn't lend itself is what I meant to diversity, but you know, again, you could say missed opportunity or you could say, well, that's just the way it is because it's not a lot of, not a lot of people in it. So, oh, there's not a lot of people. No, no. I mean, it's mostly the girl and the giant through most of it. And then at the end, you know, you meet the queen and all the, the guardsmen, they're all white, you know, the soldiers, the, the people that guard the queen, the assistant to the queen, um, they're all white. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm scrolling through the IMDb, IMDb page and um, I don't see, I don't see one colored person even in, in the listing. Yeah, that's a bummer because a lot of the voice, like there's nine giants besides the BFG. And so if they didn't get someone of color uh, doing those roles, that doesn't make any sense. Cause like there, you can't tell, you know what I mean? It's like, right. you can hire whoever you want, you know? Um, I, you know, the guy, Bill Hader does so much voice work. It's like, geez, get somebody else. You know um, the guy that's yeah, from, I think, Flight I, think of the I found Con- somebody of color, either that or he's really tan. <laughs> shit um no I, but anyway I can't tell if he is or not well regard i mean it doesn't matter it's it's pretty casper so all right um well, again step it up spielberg that, what the hell yeah i know you 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 uh you did the color purple and uh amistad what's the matter with you you know <laughs> Um, well, maybe, well, it's probably because of the source material was written so far back then. It's it it pretty much it it pretty much is it. I I don't really fault it for that, except for the giants. I mean, you could have got anybody to play um, the voices of those giants, but right, exactly. Other than that, other than that, I mean, the girl she did she did a great job, and um, yeah, but uh, no, it's a good movie. Um, I do rec- I do recommend it, um, so especially for, for kids. Three and a half chainsaws and Casper. Yes. And so those of you that uh, don't remember, maybe you didn't listen to the last episode, but we have a new diversity rating system, essentially, that if it's uh, Casper, it means really little to no diversity. If it's a Jan Brady, it's about somewhat diverse. And if it's uh, uh, El Guapo from uh, Three Amigos, it's a plethora of diversity, which uh, we have yet to use that. Um Hopefully, in some movies uh, moving forward, we'll be able to use plethora. But everything's been pretty thinking much... off the top of my head. I can't think of any right now. Yeah, everything's been pretty much Jan Brady all the way down to, to Casper. But you know, we'll see. Off the top of my we'll head, I, w- I would probably say maybe Doctor Strange and Rogue One, possibly both of those. Yeah, I'd have to say that too. Especially Rogue One, De- definitely. Just by watching the trailer, they've got a lot of diversity in it. 
Yeah. But, uh, all right, folks. Well, this was kind of a mini casserole episode, I guess you could say. But uh, basically, Game of Thrones Season 6, big thumbs up, big chainsaws in the air, big lightsabers in the air. I like the BFG three and a half chainsaws. Go watch it if you haven't already. Uh, but that is uh, episode 32 of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Chew on that. Till next time. Later.